Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio, where we bring you the stories of people from around the world who have used cannabis to treat serious health issues. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Our guest today was diagnosed with brainstem glioma, and doctors told her she was terminal. But with lifestyle changes in the use of cannabis, she fooled the medical experts, and today, the tumor is gone. And joining us from Oregon to tell her amazing story is Jessamine Way, along with her husband, Todd. Thanks for joining us, guys. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Now, nice to be here. You had emergency surgery for meningioma, which is a tumor that forms on the membrane that covers the brain and spinal cord just inside the skull. What symptoms were you experiencing that led to the emergency surgery? Well, it was, um, it happened 10 days after the birth of my fourth child. And during that pregnancy, I had had the most, um, you know, just terrible migraine headaches. And the doctor kept saying, well, when the pregnancy is over, the headaches will go away. It's just a pregnancy thing. And uh, after he was born, they got incredibly worse. And I finally was told by another doctor to uh, go into the ER. And uh, they did a quick scan of my skull and came back and told me, you have a tumor. (laughs) Now, during the surgery for this tumor, was that when they discovered the brainstem glioma? No. Um, This was, uh, they just went in and removed this tumor and at that time um, sent me home. It was, it was a... It was an incredibly long surgery. I think it was either it was six hours or eight hours, and um, two craniotomies on either side of the skull, and they had to resect it. It was deep in the uh, uh, right ventricle, attached uh, to the uh, parietal lobe. The tumor itself was the size of a chicken egg, but because the ventricle, I could no longer um, flow spinal fluid and everything correctly, mm-hmm. um, the ventricle was just filling up <laughs> with with the fluid. And uh, it was even, the fluid was dripping out of my nose. It compressed her uh, brain tissue uh, so dramatically, it actually all fractured her, uh, her uh, um, soft palate, and she started leaking cerebral spinal fluid through her uh, sinuses. Jesus. It's not pleasant at all. Yeah. What did doctors yeah. tell you about your condition? They said they were going to do emergency brain surgery and that I had a five to ten percent chance of survival. And if I survived, um, you know, I might be seriously brain damaged. So you just yeah, given birth. To, you just given birth to a child uh, ten or eleven days earlier, right? Yes, ten, uh, ten days. <laughs> ten days earlier. So how did you react to this news? Oh. Uh, I I was in so much pain that I I just wanted to die. <laughs> like and they had um 
they had given me a lot of drugs. So I, you know, I just kind of accepted it and was there because you don't really have a choice when you're in a place like that. You just have to take it one step at a time. A number of people that we've talked to who've had uh, terminal diagnoses uh, have said that when the doctor says says to them that uh, there's nothing we can do, uh, go home and make memories, um, they are in a state of shock for a couple of weeks. Did that apply to you as well? Uh, no, because I was told 10 days into it, uh, or when I, you know, 10 days after he was born that you have this tumor. And then they sent me over to another hospital and then all day long, they just did all kinds of um, MRIs and scans and tests and poked me and prodded me. So I was so busy with all these nurses coming around that I was just in this insane state of shock. And then early the next morning um, they did the brain surgery. So three days after being diagnosed, they did it. And I was on, like I said, I was on very large amounts of medication and (laughs) you just kind of are there. Kind of sounds to me like you really didn't even have time to think about it. No, no, you just are there. (laughs) And, you know, it took a long, even, even now when I look back at it, I just think it was absolute insanity. So. When did they tell you that you had a brainstem glioma? That was, uh, I had my, I had the first surgery in 2009, or sorry, I had my son in 2009, so first uh, surgery then, and then I had it uh, 2013, or 2013, sorry. We've been going in for uh, uh, scans every three months. Uh, They were very worried about the meningioma regrowing. Uh, the doctor who did the resection, uh, he still wants to go in and uh, do a laser ablation of the rest of the remaining tumor attached to the parietal lobe because it's causing extreme seizure activity. So, yeah, and I was having after after that first surgery, I uh, was diagnosed with epilepsy, and I had extreme epilepsy. Um, I have tried over 20 different medications, multiple at a time, prescription medications, and none of them worked. A lot of them I was allergic to and would have hives and all kinds of insane reactions too. So, so Justin, was, when, when you say extreme epilepsy, what are you talking about? Like one seizure a month, one seizure a week, one seizure a day? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, Try it. Try six to ten uh, uh, partial seizures a day and one or two grand malls requiring hospitalizations a month. We went to, uh, in the first two years we were together, we went to the emergency room uh, 29 times. 29 times. Yeah, and, all for grand mal seizures until we finally got it under control with cannabis oil. And you were on a host of medications. I was reading something uh, that you'd written said that uh, it, it caused such complications as GERD, fibromyalgia, IBS, sleeping disorders, pain, and multiple other issues. Bill- yeah, I actually had my gallbladder removed because uh, it's, uh, it was the uh, medical issues from the medicine. 
she had more side effects uh, from medication that were damaging. Uh, she uh, caused uh, kidney uh, partial kidney failure. In fact, she's taking huge amounts of potassium now just to undo that damage that the medications they gave her for the epilepsy caused. Wow. Now, when you uh, were diagnosed with this uh, this brainstem cancer, uh, I was reading a piece that you wrote, and the doctor was almost in tears when he told you, correct? Um, or was that well, the first one? That was the first one. Oh, that okay. was at the ER, because the... He had just had some children, a baby himself, uh, and he had to come in and tell a woman who had just had a, a child that she had this thing in her head. <laughs> so, the survival from the first uh, tumor uh, the, uh, was uncertain. Uh, the doctor later told us that he did not expect uh, her to get off the emergency uh, off the surgery table. Uh, in fact, he did quite a quick job uh, in and out, didn't take the entire tumor because he had resected so much of it, her uh, prior lobe, that he didn't want to leave her dead on the table. So he thought you would die on the operating table? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Jessamine's has a difficult time with uh, history, so I'm here to kind of back her up. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's... I have not had a brain tumor, and I have a difficult time with history as well. But, Jess, you were just, um, I don't know how to say this, but, man, you were a mess, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. How and did, I was also, uh, how did uh, cannabis enter into the picture? How did what? How did yeah. cannabis enter into the picture? At what point did you stumble, did you stumble upon it, or were you just looking for another something that would maybe help with these seizures since you were so sick from all the medication? Well, um, in 2000 and, uh, I think it was 12 or yeah, 12. 12, 2012, uh, I was at a bar because my first marriage failed due to all this insanity. And, um, so it was visitation, weekend and my kids weren't with me. So I went to a bar. Um, at that time I drank and did crazy things, but, uh, I was talking to somebody and he was speaking about cannabis and we just kind of started chatting a bit and he heard that I had epilepsy and, uh, he told me about using cannabis for epilepsy. And I said, well, Hey, I'll try anything at this point. Cause at that point I couldn't control them. And, uh, it began from there. And he, um, he carried something called Dutch treat, which is a very high THC cannabis. And I personally don't like walking around stoned all day long. <laughs> so it went from there. I began searching for other strains to find the one that would work for me for epilepsy. Would you believe this? We were actually extracting our first batches of cannabis oil from discarded uh, stems, branches, and whatnot, and not actual flowers. It was quite laborious. It took hours and hours and hours just to get a gram of uh, our so. We're actually FICO, full extract cannabis oil. That's what we're using. Yeah, but with that, at first I was still using my pharmaceuticals with this oil because I didn't you know, believe at that time that it would work. But when I got 
pregnant with my uh, fifth child in uh, 2015 is when I started backing off. Or 20, yeah, 2015. We had a miscarriage uh, due to the uh, epilepsy medication. It's uh, very, very toxic. So we finally dropped the epilepsy medication, and bam, six months later, we have our little baby, Ayoka, who's doing fabulous. Yeah. Did the so cannabis stop your uh, seizures? Uh, not completely, but during pregnancy, I discovered that. So normally I, I, I take cannabis oil every four hours on the clock. But when I was pregnant, because everything speeds up in your systems, I actually increased it to every uh, three hours. And um, during the pregnancy, my epilepsy lowered. And the doctor even said some women, when they get pregnant, their epilepsy lowers. So between doing those, you know, between being pregnant and being increasing the intake, um, I still had some, but very, very not often. Yeah. Well, so, the last couple of weeks while she was carrying the baby, it, it, the frequency of the seizures increased dramatically so much so that uh, in the uh, delivery ward, they had her hooked up to uh, seizure monitoring devices and were monitoring her very carefully and were considering inducing her, but luckily uh, she gave birth before that was necessary. Justin, are you, um, when you were taking or are taking your uh, cannabis, how much are you taking? Um, and is it straight THC? Is it a blend one-to-one -one of THC CBD or is it predominantly CBD or what? Um, I'm going to let Todd tell you that one because he's good with all those numbers. And <laughs> okay. So initially, uh, how it started out, we started in on the Gearson protocol. If you're familiar with that, just fruit juice, or not yep. fruit juice, vegetable juice, and uh, RSO, the old school way. Uh, well, uh, we found out quickly after using recreational cannabis uh, oils extracted commercially that it was only partially effective. So we started in on the full plant extract uh, process with alcohol uh, and uh, kind of worked our way through a whole bunch of different strains until we finally came up with uh, what we're using now, which is a mixture of, of THC and CBD, as it turns out. Um, depending on uh, the batch, uh, you could have as little as 3% uh, THC in a batch, all the way up to say 5 or 6%, but not more than that. But uh, the important things are uh, strains with high terpene levels of CBD, uh, very very uh, uh, oily CBD plants, not your average hemp plant. So we've been working on a few strains uh, here locally that are available, but primarily we're using a strain called uh, Stephen Hawking's Kush, which is only three or 4% THC and about 12% CBD and has a very, very high terpene profile. Um, but we are also are using the locally grown uh, CBD here. There's a, uh, in Southern Oregon, you can come by a truckload of CBD for free, for pretty much uh, giving it away. So um, we're very fortunate to have that. Okay, uh, so then it would be fair to say that you're uh, you're predominantly using CBD over THC to control our seizures. 
Well, the, initially, we didn't have any CBD. There wasn't even CBD available. We were trying to find Charlotte's Web and everything else. We couldn't find it. So we started off with a can of tonic and uh, what was a, a, a Harlequin and other types of uh, medical strains that were 50-50, but it was too strong for her. Even without, even cooking it raw, not cooking it, processing it raw, it was too much, too much THC for Jessamine. When you have epilepsy, you do not want to get super because it'll put you into a seizure so uh, fortunately we were able to find some strains through growers markets in Seattle where we're from um, and, and came up with a, a, a low low concentration of THC high CBD high turpin profile so uh, yeah that's that's been that that's been the winner for her now that yeah. helps you that helps your seizures and mm-hmm. has it helped your tumor so back in 2013, I was diagnosed and the back of my throat collapsed and all these things happened. Um, well, it didn't, not uh, 2013 uh, was when I was diagnosed and then things started getting slowly worse. Um, but fortunately, I increased oils and was able to, it just stopped growing and my throat rebuilt itself. Uh I, I, cause I had gone on a very hardcore oil dosage for a little while there. And, uh, once that happened and I became stable, then I found my level of doing it every four hours and just kind of to also treat my epilepsy and everything. And then we got, uh, you know, pregnant, uh, a couple of times there. And finally, one took and during the pregnancy since it had stopped growing and we had heard from other people that you know you can get this tumor and it'll just stop growing and it can be stable um i have a friend that she's had one for nine years stable nine years uh, wow yeah (laughs) and uh so we just you know we just believe in one day at a time and kept going forward but uh during that pregnancy is when i was able to quit taking uh all farm pharmaceuticals for the epilepsy because i didn't want to do that with the baby and then um my second pregnancy as well and then right after the baby was born from my second, or, or not my second, sorry, my sixth pregnancy, I was um, scanned again and they said, your tumor is shrinking. And then they watched it and it went away. Just disappeared. We, uh, we, we, when we moved to Oregon four years ago, we were very concerned about uh, continuation of our scans. So we went down to Ashland where they have a, a, a fancy big uh, magnet and they couldn't even find it. So it had in uh, in six years uh, basically disappeared. But I would like to note that during those pregnancies, um, I completely changed my diet and lifestyle. So I went from being uh, eating a lot of meat to being vegan. <laughs> you were on the ketogenic diet, which was chicken breasts and and uh, and spinach. When I met her. <laughs> now she's uh now we juice our homegrown veggies one of the reasons why i moved to oregon is so we could grow our own veggies and other things and uh uh we i just we're just cranking through the the vegetable juice like you wouldn't believe 
That's amazing. In yeah. six, six years, you got rid of a brain tumor that uh, doctors have no solution for. And you did it through lifestyle changes and cannabis. And had two children. And had two children, right. <laughs> yeah, we've interviewed a number of uh, women who have uh, taken cannabis during their pregnancy, and, and the kids are healthy and happy. Our kids are way above the uh, uh, average uh, when it comes to intelligence. I think actually, uh, I think cannabis oil probably had some uh, beneficial effects for them. Absolutely. These so, are the mother's milk. Yeah, yeah, they were breastfed too. So, and they are very smart little girls. Are the doctors somewhat surprised that your tumor has disappeared? Well, we haven't had a continuous uh, string of doctors that have been, uh, other than the University of Washington Medical Center, which, yeah. you know, they watched it shrink. And, and these guys, you know, they're so embedded in the AMA that, that they can't even capitulate the fact that it worked. They just said, oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. And then they shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the doctor that did that diagnosed me, he isn't even in at the University of Washington anymore. He went somewhere else. I can't remember his name at the moment. but uh, Yeah. It's interesting. I uh, Yesterday I had coffee with a friend who I haven't seen for many months and we were chatting. And uh, several years ago, uh, his brother-in-law, who lives in the U.S., had uh, prostate cancer. And I suggested that he try cannabis oil. And uh, he did try cannabis oil, and he went to the doctor, and the doctor was surprised at how healthy he was, and uh, he told the doctor, I'm taking cannabis oil. And the doctor looked around the room, got up, closed the door, and he said, the doctor said, so am I, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought was great. <laughs> Well, now with the research coming out about the endocannabinoid system, I mean, we co-evolve with cannabis in our in our in our biome. So, uh, what's the uh, you know? It'd be like us not eating uh, grain, you know? That would be, or or fruits or vegetables. It's what we do. Now, Jessamine, you have said that uh, without cannabis oil, you and your daughter wouldn't be here now. Do you still stand by both, that? Yeah, both little girls. Both little girls. Because they help me carry the pregnancy. And uh, if I wouldn't have found the cannabis oil, uh, this strain, I don't know if I would have been here. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that uh, the allopathic meds that they were giving her are known uh, causes of miscarriage. In fact, uh, yeah, the, the epilepsy meds that they give here uh, are, are known, known to cause miscarriages. And we went through what, three, I think. And the last one was the most painful because we got no heartbeat at six weeks and that just about shattered us. So, No heartbeat after six weeks? Of discovering the pregnancy. So we're like, okay. was, yeah. yeah, like three months into it. And it's, it's, so that required a DNC and that was not a pleasant experience. So that's what really pushed us over the edge into full cannabis oil. Now, just before we started this interview, Jessamine, you were telling us that you were almost 300 pounds yes and, <laughs> I wore, and yeah. now you are much less you're probably about my guess is half your body weight before yes less than half less than half 
And yeah. you were... she, she weighed like 320. <laughs> um, and uh, I am now 145. So, wow. uh, yeah. Because um, what I talk about now to my friends and others is that cannabis will help you so far is what I have discovered. But we still, you know, have to figure out what it is that's causing our problems in the first place. So I had to, you know, do the lifestyle change and, you know, change what I eat and drink and all of that. And also, you know, one of the major things I told, I talk about is uh, sugar and epilepsy is horrible mm -hmm. and sugar and body is, <laughs> you know, your body doesn't like it either. So I try to say, get rid of the sugar. Um, you can't have any with me. You can't have caffeine either. Um, things of that issue I, I talk about. Because if I wouldn't have changed my lifestyle, it also cannabis, I don't think would have helped me. Tell them what I told you after we found out we got the diagnosis. Do you remember while we're sitting on the couch? Because uh, <laughs> I was uh, you know, lying on the couch. <laughs> she was lying on the couch feeling really, really down. You know, both of us were really depressed and um, about the whole situation. Once we got the brainstem glioma diagnosis and, uh, um, I just looked at her in the eye. I said, we're not, we're not quitting. We're not giving up. Let's go to the gym today. Yeah. He said, are you going to get your butt up and go to the gym? <laughs> and <bite> the <laughs> so I, uh, yeah. Exercise is a huge part of, uh, of getting this, uh, cancer under control due to the fact that it increases, uh, your circulatory, uh, uh, increasing the uh, circulation, uh, Blood circulation throughout your body and oxygen, you know, uh, is just the, the right thing to do. Low impact aerobic activity, at least, at least 20 minutes at the start. And now she's all the way up to what, two and a half, three hours almost. So, yeah. And I, um, also exercise and epilepsy are two major things because if I don't exercise, my epilepsy increases because, you know, your brain has to, when you're exercising, your brain has to fire you know, mm -hmm. little <laughs> burns a lot of energy. Yeah. It has to tell, you know, you have to tell from your brain to your foot, work my foot and work my hands and do this and do that. And when you're doing that, it, it burns the energy. And if you don't burn that energy, that energy has nowhere to go, but stay in your brain and make you shake. <laughs> so we, we exercise a lot and that helps greatly with the epilepsy. Todd, tell us how many miles she's biked this week. Oh, uh, we've been averaging uh, 160 miles a week for the last uh, six weeks or so. She went, We started out uh, at about 25 miles a whack uh, four days a week, and now she's up to 41 miles a whack. We have a bicycle trail. It's the only safe place to ride here in the States is the bicycle trails. You're liable to get run over, and we tow, I tow the girls behind us, so it's a family affair. Uh, being that I was laid off, I now have the time. Uh, until my job comes back, at least. <laughs> now, but, uh, mm -hmm. I just want to say, uh, we interviewed uh, a young man from Ontario, Steve Allgood, who was diagnosed with exactly the same thing you had, brainstem cancer. And he was diagnosed two days before his wedding. And he says, you're instrumental in helping him. Which I think is absolutely, <laughs> which is absolutely fabulous. I think he looks upon you, I suspect, as a bit of a mentor. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I got too, Ian. Yeah, because Steve, uh, I mean, two two days before his wedding, he's diagnosed with brainstem cancer, and the doctors said, uh, "Go home, have uh, have beers, and uh, make memories. <laughs> beers, burgers, yeah. and make memories." And uh, now Steve has a young daughter, and his his brainstem cancer seems to be receding slightly. And I think, you know, you're responsible for prolonging his life. And I think it's fabulous what you're doing. She's not telling you the whole story. There's uh, there's about half a dozen people that are still alive today because of Jessamine. Yeah, I found them. Well, I found them. We found each other through uh, Facebook. And uh, there's a woman in Greece who has two little girls. Uh Taiwan. There's a woman in Taiwan that we actually let uh, come over here and stay with us uh, for a month so that she could learn my lifestyle and get, you know, oil for her child. And uh, yeah, he's he's better now. <laughs> we uh, I just try to talk, talk to people a lot about, you know, cannabis is wonderful, but if you don't do I found that if you don't do the lifestyle changes, um, it might not save you. So um, that's why I try to talk now about, you know, the sugar and the caffeine and, you know, all kinds of different things that add to your illness. You need to figure out what is making me sick and what do I need to stop and change. And Sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Alcohol that's, that, and drugs that are illicit, they're toxic. Uh, you know, prescription medications, alcohol, tobacco. Uh, all of our favorite vices will definitely put you uh, into the hurt locker for sure. If you're fight, trying to fight a cancer and your body's trying to fight off all these other toxic things, you're going to be backsliding. I yeah. think it's remarkable. Also, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I also got rid of all makeup, our shampoos are organic. I don't wear any, um, I don't do any lotions. I just do coconut oil. Mm -hmm. There's things that you can find that, you know, I tell people if you, if you wouldn't eat it, you shouldn't be rubbing it on your body, <laughs> you know, is how I've, wow. I found it to work with myself because, um, your body, your skin soaks in so many things. So I detox the entire house the day after we found out about the diagnosis I filled a shed full of every kind, every, anything that had anything that could possibly be carcinogenic from fingernail polish to uh, 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 hand soap. Everything went in the shed and we basically emptied all of the cleaning products, all of our personal hygiene products, even toothpaste with fluoride, everything you could think of. And now our home only has uh, things that are cancer safe. No, that's which is a huge list. Yeah, you know that's that's great. Uh, you have a remarkable story to tell about your lifestyle change and your battle with brainstem cancer, which is completely gone. Is there anything that you'd like to tell listeners in conclusion? Well, I'm slowly trying to. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook and chat and see, you know how I did it. Uh, I'm on Miss Shakey's, that's M-S-S-H-A-K-E-Y-S on Facebook. And that way, if somebody has some questions, they can send me a message or, you know, 
I keep helping people that way as much as I can. And I'm trying to slowly uh, make some videos and eventually want to write a book because I get too many questions. So I want to try to compound everything into that. So, you know, it's one step at a time, but I am here and I want to help others help themselves. Very well said. Jessamyn Todd, thanks very much for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate being able to share it with more people and have them get better. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Have a nice one. Bye. Bye. And if you'd like to help us out on Cannabis Health Radio, you can make a one-time donation. And that's easy to do. Just go on our website and uh, make a one-time donation for as little as $5. And also, if you'd like to make a monthly donation, you can use Patreon, uh, which is also there. And uh, you can help us out. And uh, if you'd like to help others, if you'd like to make an impact on someone else's life, write a review or send our podcasts to uh, people you know so they can listen about the health benefits of cannabis. And also uh, on YouTube, we're trying to hit the 10,000 subscriber mark by the end of the summer, end of August. So if you would uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cannabis Health Radio, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.